0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: The human mind, body, emotions and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you to the show. We have something really special today. If you haven't seen her picture on the blog, go to the Self-Improvement blog, see the picture of our guest, read her bio, Uh, you'll find uh, links to her website there, and you'll also find a video that I think you might like. So be sure and visit the Self-Improvement blog to learn more about today's guest. We're these days bombarded by the media with all kinds of products and advice to make us sexier. Advertisers know that sex sells, and so we see both men and women advertising products that you may not even remember because you were distracted by the sexy. There's a lot of confusion these days about dating, sex, and being sexy. Both men and women are sometimes at a loss for what to do, what goes and what doesn't, what's expected and what isn't. You know, do I like that? The Internet's brought us online dating and what seems like a whole new set of rules. Sometimes we don't seem to know what those are. Women's liberation and the sexual revolution of the 60s meant different things to different people, And some still haven't thought it through for themselves. So today we're going to talk about a new sexual revolution and being your own brand of sexy. What on earth does that mean? And what is your brand Uh of sexy? I'm still working on mine. Our guest today is Dr. Susan Edelman, who spent 30 years as a practicing therapist in Palo Alto, California, specializing in women's issues. She's the author of the multi-award winning book, Be Your Own Brand of Sexy, A New Sexual Revolution for Women, and the e-book, What to Say to Men on a Date. In addition to a private practice, Dr. Edelman is an adjunct clinical associate professor, at Stanford University in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences. She's been a guest on dozens of radio shows, including Jenny McCarthy's Dirty, Sexy, Funny. And it is my absolute honor and pleasure to welcome her to the Self-Improvement Show. Dr. Susan, welcome.
3: Thank you, Irene. It's wonderful to be here. I appreciate the invitation.
2: Oh, I'm absolutely delighted. I've wanted to talk about this for a long time. And I'm going to start with this ugly question. Some people have grown to hate, some like it. Tell us about yourself. Who is Dr. Susan Edelman?
3: Well, I'm a psychiatrist and and someone who's fascinated by why people do what they do. And I got interested in this topic when this young woman who's a very good friend of mine and the daughter of one of my dearest friends told me what dating was like in college. And she, you know, was getting all these questions from guys like, you know, you want to hang out? And she wasn't sure what that meant. So she called me because, of course, I was supposedly the expert psychiatrist and single woman who would know the answer. And unfortunately, I wasn't sure what they wanted. Did they want hanging out? Did they want hooking up? What did it mean? And as it turned out, really what happened was that she found out these guys were just looking for kind of casual sex. And I loved college dating, so this broke my heart. And I started to wonder what had happened to courtship and romance, because I thought that was great and didn't think this was really what we had in mind with the women's movement and sexual revolution. I thought thought that women would be treated better when we were seen as equals, not that men would start taking casual sex for granted. So um, this young woman, I'm going to call her Emma, to protect her privacy, she said, Susan, you have to do something about this. And I thought (laughs) she was right. I was determined to figure out how we got here and what we could do about it.
2: Let's talk a little bit about you before we get into it. How did you get into psychiatry? Did you always want to be a doctor with a specialty in psychiatry? Or you know, what led you here?
3: Well, I, you know, I was always fascinated by why people do what they do. So I was very interested in medicine as well. And when I ended up in medical school... I had to make this choice, right? There's so many yeah went to, and they're so fascinating. But I was the one who, you know, they'd be wanting to stick like a chest tube in somebody in the emergency room, and, and the attending doctor would say, hey, um, who wants to put this chest tube in this guy? And they'd all go, I do, I do, let me. And all I could think about is this poor patient, how does he feel about everybody, you know, dying to put a chest tube in him who's never done it before. So I was always interested in feelings and, you know, what motivates people. And so psychiatry was really the right field for me. Oh, I'd say
2: so. Uh, And I I totally identify with what you're saying. I've been in nursing most of my adult life, and I always wondered why we said the things in front of people we call patients. Why do we say things that we say when they're right there? With feelings, it was always um, you know amazed me, baffled me. Um, your book is titled, Be Your Own Brand of Sexy, A New Revolution for Women. Who can benefit the most from reading this book? It's a great book, by the way.
3: That's, that's a great question. You know, I've had a lot of people read this book and tell me it, it helped them from teenagers to women in their 70s, so I think it's a book mostly for single women, because more of the situations are around single, but it's also for, it's got a lot of relationship issues too, and some, it's written for women, some men have told me they found it very helpful, so it's really about how to figure out what you want, and get what you want in a relationship, so that. But it's mostly geared toward the single the single woman.
2: Yeah, and I and I thought it was also broader than just for single women. And and I think a lot I think m- mothers who have daughters should definitely read this book and, and go through it with their daughters when the daughter's old enough to understand what it is. And I think it'll be timely for quite some time to come. Let's define what you mean when you use the word sexy. What what do you mean by sexy?
3: well (laughs) that's a great question what I mean is being your own brand of sexy is figuring out what you want what works for you as an individual and what strategies will help you achieve those goals whatever they are so when you're talking about sexy it's, it's not it's you know when to have sex with someone it's you know how do you determine the image you present to the outside world and how do you live with not meeting these unrealistic and unattainable standards that we we have going on in our culture because the ideal body image has just gotten more and more unrealistic every year so now to actually att- i think what did they say like 5 or 10% of people actually have this ideal body image naturally so what we're talking about is having plastic surgery or other things to alter yourself or being depressed because you can't afford to do that or it's you know it doesn't work out when you do so it's not it's not good for women in any way almost 60 percent of us are unhappy with the way we look and we're so entrenched in the culture it's very hard to pull away from it even though there's certainly a lot of people trying to make attempts to do that and all the recent pushback on people who are body shaming and all that it's a huge improvement
2: so when when you use the word sexy in your book you're talking about how do you present yourself as a whole package
3: well it's not just presenting yourself it's who are you? Okay. You know, what's going on internally for you and and how do you live with your external beauty as well as your behavior? Cuz what you do is who you are to some extent. Exactly. And- do you think and I think that I think I have this question for a
2: little later on, but let's talk about it now. Do you think that most women and especially young women really have a clear picture of what it is they want other than happily ever after?
3: <laughs> well, that's a great question, Irene. I I don't know that all of them do, but some of them are real clear on what they want or at least what they don't want. And that's a big first step, right? So if oh, yes. you don't want something, then that that helps guide you. And And what being your own brand of sexy is really is, listening to your feelings and not just you know worrying about what the external world is telling you you should be or think. It's really trying to figure it out for yourself and separate out all those pressures, whether it's from the media or television or your family or your friends, but really trying to figure out who are you and what's right for you as a person.
2: and And I find that so many people have not thought through, who am I? You know, which is a little frightening when you're out there these days. You know,
3: it's not it's not necessarily valued in our culture, right? I mean, the real no. value is looking good, and you know, and maybe in some areas, hopping into bed with people and being attractive to people. And said, so, you know, does the guy have the six-pack abs? Does she look beautiful? That's more where our culture is in, instead of really figuring out, hey, what's really right for me as a person?
2: Exactly. Your first chapter is titled, Why We Need a New Sexual Revolution. Now, what wasn't working after the first sexual, is, sexual re- revolution to make us need a new one? And what does this new one look like?
3: Well, I think we need a new one because, really, the old one didn't turn out exactly how we'd hoped. Oh, it didn't at all. (laughs) Especially for women. You know, the sexual revolution promised women more choices. And because it happened during the women's movement, you know, it's kind of all gotten confused together, right? Right. You know, what we remember about the
2: women's movement is basically they burned their bras And wanted higher pay. You know, I don't know about the bra thing, but the higher pay was certainly needed. But, um, you know, that's what most people still remember.
3: And I think that for women, it got translated into things like Gloria Steinem's favorite, you know, one of her famous lines about a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And, you know. Uh,
2: Exactly. It was more anti-sex than a sexual it was a sexual revolution in that she they were saying we don't need any we don't need it we don't need men
3: yeah so it's you know then it becomes confusing are you a feminist if you want your boyfriend to help you with something or is that okay <laughs> I've talked to women who aren't sure about that, and, and you know, there's nothing wrong with people helping you. We all need help from somebody, so um, it, it becomes confusing, and then you take the sexual arena where women are telling their friends, you have more power if you ask him out, if you have casual sex. You know, that gives you power, and so the women try it out because they think that should give you more power, but it often backfires on women, so... Even though the revolution and the women's movement promise us more choices, in some ways we're just as confused as ever. Because we went from, if you have sex before marriage, you're a tramp, to now, if you're a virgin, you're a prude. We have forgotten the meaning of liberation, the freedom to choose for yourself. And that's really what the sexual revolution and the women's movement were all about. So we need a new revolution that encourages... Each woman to decide what's best for her, regardless of these cultural methods.
2: And I think on that note it's time for us to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Susan Edelman about how to be your own brand of sexy, so stay tuned.
4: Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Our guest today is Dr. Susan Edelman, who has written the book, Be Your Own Brand of Sexy, A New Sexual Revolution for Women. And I encourage you, to go wherever you buy books and get this book. If you have daughters, especially get this book. Um, before the break, we were talking about the new sexual revolution. And, and I'd like to ask the question this way. What does this new sexual revolution look like, Susan?
3: Well, I think one of the main things it would look like is women sticking together and not pressuring each other to conform so I don't know if you saw Lady Gaga in the Super Bowl I did and wasn't she incredible oh yes and and then we hear about these women you know making comments about some teeny little extra bit of skin on her abdomen and and you know thank goodness Lady Gaga is is so confident that she said to them I'm proud of my body and you should be too. But this thing with body shaming is so common that women aren't really sticking together to support each other. And I think that's an important issue as a whole, that, you know, instead of fighting each other in all kinds of areas, it would be nice if we could accept that someone has a different approach to things than we do, Um You know, that if Lady Gaga wants to show her abdomen and is proud of her body, she's a role model for women to be happy with themselves. And that's a way better message than the one that we've got. You should look this impossible way that most people can't attain. And to
2: get there, you may have to be anorexic or what else ever. Uh,
3: Yeah, and even if you are anorexic some people will will never achieve that they'll just be super unhealthy
2: exactly and um, I, I think that's a really interesting point and in the whole thing of body shaming and men won't like you if you're five pounds overweight or if if whatever whatever they've set up is their own set of of rules do we have rules in this new sexual revolution or do we make our own own rules.
3: Well, there are. I have some guidelines because I think it does help to have guidelines. And sometimes left to your own devices, it it, it can be difficult. So, um, yeah. I I did go. I can go over the guidelines with you if we do have time for that. Let's do that. Um. So there's five of them. The this is five guidelines to being your own brand of sexy. One is you always have a choice so so many of us don't recognize when we have a choice we think maybe you know we we've got to go lose that five pounds we can't go out this way or um so many women think they need to have sex with a guy without the commitment they want and they shouldn't bring up commitment because guys are scared of it or they move in with a guy when they're not engaged when they're really not comfortable with that so we're often influenced by our peers or media instead of thinking, hey, what's the right thing for me? But if you don't even realize you have a choice, a lot of women just go along with whatever it is. So number two is media and peer pressure solutions might not be right for you. So we've kind of already talked about that. And number three is slow can be sexy. So I think, unfortunately, in our culture, we've glamorize this thing I call the microwave romance. That's a romance that um, progresses at lightning speed and then it typically explodes in your face. And, <laughs> yes. you know, great relationships can often take time to evolve. And I think because we see this on television and media, people hopping into bed so quickly, we don't necessarily recognize how... What a turn on it can be to take your time before you have sex with someone and to build up that anticipation and to get to know them. And sometimes that can actually be a whole lot sexier than, you know, quickly jumping into bed with someone. But unfortunately, I think a lot of the media images that we get these days, I don't know if you know, most of the movies and television shows are actually produced and directed by men oh yes (laughs) right this, this is the idea of men and maybe what will sell so it isn't necessarily geared toward a woman's perspective or psychology so a lot of women will look at this going well what's wrong with me that I don't do this you know when really this may be a man's perspective of things not or it must be okay because it's on TV or in a
2: movie yeah, that, that's yeah. got to make it okay somehow. Even though I don't like it, I'm not comfortable with it. But if everybody says I should do it, then, well, you know, I, I think we, I think some women get hooked into that.
3: Yeah, there's kind of a fine line between permission and persuasion. So you know, you might have permission to do it. But it's very different if you feel pressured to do it.
2: There was, I I don't know whether you watched Madam Secretary. It's on Sunday night. Very nice program with Tia Leone as the Secretary of State for the United States. A couple weeks ago, they were having, they were trying to do something with the President of the Philippines. Did you see this show or have you heard about Uh,
3: it? uh, Yeah, I've seen the show, but I... Well...
2: She was doing the negotiating with the president of the Philippines and she turned around and he groped her. <gasps> and he just grabbed a hold of her butt. And she turned around and socked him in the nose, broke his nose, blood everywhere. And, you know, it looked like it was going to create an international incident. <laughs> and I'm thinking... Good for you. Good for you. And good for this show that they're showing that we don't have to put up with that. And as it turned out, everybody really well, everybody was alarmed. What is this going to do with our relationship with the right. Philippines? And I understand that the, the real the Philippines and the real president was just a little annoyed by the whole thing. But this was a made-up president, and um, a, you know, a, a story that was to make a point. And that show talked about uh, abuse. And at the end of the the show, of course, she it we had all been rectified, and she was back in control. And it, it, it was a, a wonderful lesson, as far as I was concerned, to see them showing that women no matter what their station do not have to be uh, uh, don't have to allow themselves to be abused in any way sexually or any other way regardless of how important the person is who's doing it
3: well that is a very important lesson and you know i'm i'm really concerned too about all the sexual violence that we're exposed to in media because I think it becomes confusing for younger women and women who are less confident and aren't in positions of power. You know, I mean, this is great to have a role model for somebody doing this, but a lot of, especially younger women, they don't even know if they've been sexually assaulted because so are so normal on campus, like grinding when you're dancing and groping and that kind of thing. So a, a woman of 20 who isn't super confident probably wouldn't do something like that. She'd be afraid to because of all the peer pressure and that kind of thing. So it's a big problem. I'm glad you pointed that out.
2: Well, I thought it was a really powerful program, and I thought it made a very positive state statement now, what about the men? Do they understand what's going on with maybe women taking their power back and making choices?
3: I think that men are going to have all kinds of different reactions to this. <laughs> Um I um, have, some men are really worried about, you know, what will happen if women don't want to be sexy or something, but I don't know that that's really the issue because in a lot of ways you know women think they need to be thinner and more beautiful than men even care about i don't think it's about men i think it's more of about a pressure to conform um most men want a relationship with somebody they're not just looking at your external beauty otherwise there's like a million beautiful women out there what makes a woman special is who she is and you know how can he love you and get to know you if you don't know yourself? So- oh, that's
2: such a good point.
3: <laughs> You're, on your website, you state that you
2: help single women reclaim their power by learning what works best for them instead of what they're being programmed to believe is normal you know, by, by today's culture, mainly by the media. Talk a little bit about that. How do you help young women know who they are and what they want?
3: Well, I, you know, we were going through the guidelines, Irene, and you, your story came up with guideline number four: Your voice matters. So that's essentially what that story that you told about the the Secretary of State. That's what she was doing. She was expressing herself, right?
2: Right. And
3: she was saying, "Hey, this is not okay with me," and um, and a lot of women. That is what gets their power back, right? Is and maybe they don't hit somebody. Maybe they <laughs> yeah, do it another way, right? And another it's the way. way. The way you do it, the way you say things, and your actions are huge in terms of of expressing yourself. So that's a big part of my work. But but that in itself is huge because that's what can give you confidence and more power is not putting up with things that you don't like and that you're not comfortable with and so many women are really afraid to do that they're afraid of losing the guy they're afraid somebody will be mad at them, and a variety of other things and so I guess I guess I want to say so what if you lose
2: him you know so what if he's mad at you so and that's
3: That's the fifth guideline. You just got into that. So if a guy isn't respecting your voice, move on. So, you know, if you let him know, hey, this is not okay, and he didn't care, or he drops you because you won't have sex with him after date one or two, he was never going to be a good guy for you anyway. Exactly.
2: Uh, how, how do you get young women to understand that? I mean... So, uh, Hormones are so powerful when you're young, and sometimes the brain seems to go away. How do they understand that uh, there's plenty of fish in the sea?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes some people are really, you know, clear that they don't want a guy like that, and other people maybe have to learn by making a few mistakes and then starting to see their patterns of behavior. And so sometimes that really makes a difference to see, hey, I've got a pattern here. And that's one of the reasons I have a quiz on my website so people can find out if they're being their own brand of sexy, because it can help you see patterns that of relating where you're not getting what you want, because there are different ways that people get into trouble, right? We're all different. Some people may be afraid of standing up for themselves. Other people may tell a guy, you know, go tell him off, you know, scream at him or something. And sometimes, you know, these guys, especially if you're young, they're pretty young and immature too. And some of them are used to hooking up with girls. They're not used to a girl who maybe is going to have a little more confidence or who isn't going to put up with it. So actually, if you say it in a nice way you have a better chance of something turning out okay.
2: Exactly. I think of the crushes that girls get, you know, uh, uh, that boy is just so cute. I just think he's just so darling. I just, you know, really want to be with him. And he may think that gives him free reign to do whatever he wants or speak however he chooses. And she's going to let him because he's so cute and he's the catch. What do you do with girls who are, do you have, do you have access to girls who need you to help them through that?
3: Well, sure. And and part of it is changing our values as a culture, if you think about it, you know, because if the, if the values are all on, well, he's the cutest guy and he's the most popular guy and he's got six pack abs or whatever, then what you've got is, all the girls going after this one guy who doesn't have to treat women very well. So right, yeah. that's not exactly you know good for women as a whole. But it's a hard thing. The younger you are and the less confident you are, sometimes the more influenced you can be by our culture. So mm-hmm. the more we get the message out that we're changing this, um, the more it's going to help everybody. See, so I think that, If we could get maybe women who, and men, of course, who are older and a little more mature to accept this, maybe it's going to trickle down to the young people. It could actually be something cool, right, at some point. Right. Um, Instead of having, and, you know, if people were taking a stand against some of these movies, um, you know, like Fifty Shades is coming out, and, and, you know, the second one, maybe they've cleaned up the violence in it, but it's still a story about a, a violent guy. And yeah. They, they market it as a romantic love story as though, you know, there's there's no negativity here. But, you know, th- that book outsold Harry Potter. Did you know that? I did know that, and I want to
2: talk some more about that book and and some of the things that are coming from it. It's time for us to go to break, so when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about Fifty Shades of Grey and a little bit about online dating and some of those yummy things that we really need to get into. So stay tuned. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Susan Edelman, talking about how to be your own brand of sexy. We'll be right back.
4: Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on
0: Voice America Empowerment. What's your purpose on the planet? Are you ready to make jumps to pursue your passions? We often make excuses, but it commonly leads back to fear. Sharing our stories provides an opportunity to learn lessons and leverage pearls of wisdom that we gain on life's journey. We'll help you push through the fears that hold you back from empowering you to experience pure love and live your life's purpose. Tune in to the Beth Bell Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to The
1: Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon.
2: Welcome back to the self improvement show. My guest today is Dr. Susan. Edelman, we're talking about her book, "Be Your Own Brand of Sexy: A New Sexual Revolution for Women," and I think this book should be read by every woman. If you haven't read it, you know, get it on your Kindle, get it in a hard copy, but read it and and share it with your daughters if you have daughters of dating age. It isn't what you think it is. It's it's very. Common sense and 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 very palatable I guess is the word I want to use before we went to break We were talking about Fifty Shades of Grey Uh, And on the break we were talking about the movie and we you know someone that we were talking with had seen it and said it's pretty pornographic and not much story Is that what we really want our young women to believe is sexy, is what they're supposed to do, Susan? What's your opinion?
3: Well, I'm really worried about it. Mostly, I'm worried because not only does it objectify women, but it denies the harm that um, come to women who are in um, relationships with intimate partner violence, and that's a big problem, I think. And in in at least the first one—he's stalking her, he's intimidating her, he's manipulating her, he's threatening violence. It just—I don't think it's something we want to. I think it's alarming. It became so popular. I understand why it did, but but I'm very concerned.
2: Well, it was sensationalizing, but you know. <laughs> You know, here, I'm, I'm 80 years old. I never heard of some of the things that I read in that book. And I, I you know, I, I put, put it down several times because it was a little bit too much. You have a chapter in your book about protecting your heart. I would think that's very applicable to things like this book and this movie and some of the other things we see in the media. Talk about protecting your heart.
3: Well, it, it, nobody knows what's right for you, and and if you don't protect your heart, people could walk all over it and stomp all over it, so it's really important. T- today, women think of protection as condoms and birth control pills, and, and they don't even think their hearts need protecting, so they get into these um, casual sexual relationships kind of expecting that a lot of it's going nowhere. And then a lot of them end up like thinking there's something wrong with them if they get attached to the guy. But we're actually built for attachment. So there's nothing wrong if if you get attached. So everybody's gonna be different. Some people are going to be okay with casual sex and it may not be a big deal and other people it's going to be devastating for so and if you're young and inexperienced, you don't know which one you're gonna be. So it's better in a way to have a little more guidance instead of just going along with the crowd and really trying to figure out what's right for you. I think younger people might be better off waiting a lot longer than they think they need to, but um as I don't know if you saw this TV series Girls. I um, didn't, no. So there was a young woman in that series who was just, like, dying to lose her virginity because she was, like, one of the only ones she knew who still had it. And so, uh, yeah, I have a part of that in my book where she's, um, you know, trying to hook up with this guy because she's dying to not be a virgin anymore, and he won't have sex with her because he, she's a virgin. So um, it's, it's just... It's sort of a nightmare, you know, if you're so dying to get rid of this situation that you're going to be with someone who's kind of mean.
2: Yeah, how do we overcome the power of the media? And it, it, they have such power shaping our beliefs about who we are, how we're supposed to look, and about sex and love and romance. You know, there's something beautiful about love and romance that we don't seem to be seeing anymore.
3: I I think we can do it. I think women and men have changed the world many times before, and we can do it again, because really what we're talking about is um, sex isn't power. You know, knowledge is power, and self-confidence is power. Those are the things that really get you what you want and it's just never going to be good for people to try and and do what doesn't work for them and i think if if we decide if enough of us decide to put pressure on the media not to show these things and if enough of us get to teach our children about values eventually everybody's going to catch on to this thing it's just oh, yeah it's just a matter of really wanting to make a change here it's not good for women and at some point a lot of women do catch on to that it may just be that it's harder to, then to tell maybe someone that's what you think if you're in the minority <laughs> so so make this a little more open that we're not into this kind of thing and that we want to change it. I think we can change it. This is like any other trend. It's just like any other trend. How has
2: online dating affected women and their whole outlook on uh, sex, romance, marriage? You know, Do you see a, an effect of this? Well, it, it has to be effective on the men, too. They have to be affected by it.
3: You know, I think that a lot of people meet their spouse online today. It's very common. So the problem has become that a lot of these dating apps are such that, uh, especially the trendy ones, that you swipe to say, do you like the person, do you don't like the person? So they're basically swiping based on how you look. And so what I hear from some of these women is they're, on this app and they tell the guys or they write in their profile i just want a serious relationship and the guys say they do but that's not really what they want and so uh, if the woman isn't like super tuned to protecting herself and trying to figure out if the guy is truthful and if he's on the same page as her i mean then they end up you know with a lot of frustration and aggravation there's a lot of guys that want to sleep with them and are attracted to them, but they're not necessarily going to be very many who really want the kind of relationship they do.
2: Exactly, and you have to be really careful. When I first, I, w- I did some online dating on some of the senior sites, and one of my first exposures was with this guy who wanted to have a video, and I said, okay. Well, turned it on. And he immediately started to disrobe. And I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I want you to see me. And I said, well, I don't want to see you. And I hung up. Uh, but, but I was really rather taken aback. I didn't quite know what to do about that.
3: According <laughs> to the online people. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> very inappropriate and so, behavior.
2: Yeah. You really have to know what y- you want. You have to know what you'll tolerate what you won't tolerate um, and, and some things you just you, you really don't have to. I like to go back to your uh, thoughts on choice because here you get to exercise your choice as well uh, and, and you need to make a good choice about what you write on them. There's a wonderful video that I put on the blog by a, a woman who made a, a, a talk at, at the TED Talks. About online dating, and I thought she was priceless, so that video is on the blog. Uh, But it it seems to me that online dating has made it easier to get into things you don't want to be in. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) not.
3: (laughs) Well, it depends. It depends on you know some people are getting into what they want to get into some of them that's want sexual true. sex That's the only reason they're there and um you know so in that way it may work for them the problem is if what you want is something different than that and i think that's the problem with having our culture be so sexualized is there room for the people who really want a serious relationship when everybody on a campus for say or it seems like everybody wants these things. Because people often think, you know, we don't realize how much we're influenced by other people. And it might not even be that that's what's going on. But it looks like it. Cause the media it does look
2: like it. And no, one of the things I learned very quickly is that you can't believe everything that's written there. And so women who... Really believe who are so gullible that they believe all that is said to them online may be more vulnerable than they should be.
3: Well, I think that's the problem: is that you want to believe what people tell you is true, but there are people online who are—they're um, hackers. They're trying to get your private information. They're trying to get into your computer. They're not real people. They're, they're putting fake pictures up. You know, they're, they have a TV show about it, um, about you know trying to find out what the person is really like who you're chatting with online. So you, you don't even have to look like that. You could still be having an online relationship with somebody. So there are definitely some things you've got to watch out for. Like if you're doing online dating, it's better... You know, not to write them endlessly. If they don't want to meet you within about four or five days or make it like a real relationship, they may not even be like a real person. They may not be.
2: Um, And anybody who's done that for a while most likely has met somebody who's just after your information. Um, I I had one guy who said he was from Ireland because I have an Irish last name. And so he wanted to talk on the phone, and we talked on the phone, and he sounded like he was from someplace like Czechoslovakia, and I'm thinking, this is not Irish. And it turned out <laughs> he didn't exist, he was a, he, he was a made-up persona. It, there was a real person there, but nothing he had told me was real, and it was a real wake-up call for me to, to realize that, I'm and, and, you know, I cannot believe what everybody said, and It was important that I learned that I ended up with somebody that's the love of my life. My life is absolutely wonderful because of online dating. Um, You're never too old for love. You're just not. And I'm not saying to anybody, don't do it. I'm just saying, do it with your eyes open. And this is where your choices come in. What do you say is the most important piece of advice you can give women today? What's the most important thing from your book that they need to know?
3: Well, I think the most important thing, there's a lot of important things, but I guess one of the very most is, you know, before you have sex with someone new to make sure that you want what he wants. And you often can't tell that in one or two or three days. So I, there's a, a three-day rule out there, <clears throat> excuse me, that is about, you know, this kind of pressure to decide in three days. And I think that's a really rule to throw out. You've got to feel comfortable with this person and also really know if, if what they want is really what you want. I, I hear women who say, you know, he said he wanted a serious relationship, but did he say he wanted it with you? Did he uh, make I mean, to you, right? Yes. Is, right? So, I mean, this is very, very important. What men say, you know, maybe it's true. He wants a serious relationship in 10 years. He wants kids in 10 years. But is this something that's, that's really happening for you anytime soon? And there's no rush to find that out. The three-day rule just puts pressure on the woman to figure it out. And she doesn't have to figure it out in three days. There's a wonderful
2: there's a wonderful commercial on that you make me think of. The mo- mother is all dressed up, and she's going out. She kisses her teenage son goodbye, and she starts at the door, and he says, Mom, remember there's no kissing on the first date, <laughs> and I love that commercial. We're right up to the end of the show, Susan. I'm so sorry. I'd like to talk about this much, much more. I think it's so important, but what's the thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today?
3: I think I think the most important thing is that real power is doing what's right for you as an individual. It's having the courage to figure out what's right for you and to act on that.
2: I, wonderful, wonderful advice. And, and remember the whole idea of choices. You get to choose who you want to be with and, and what you allow with your own body. Susan, thank you so, so much for being with us. I know you have an incredibly busy schedule and a very vibrant practice. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, how would they do it?
3: Uh, They can, um, there's a contact, plenty of contact information on my website, uh, beyourownbrandofsexy.com. You can email me there. You can take my quiz. You can read the blog. There's Tons of information. I'd love to hear from your listeners, and I also am doing like a weekly blog where you can get you know, new information about and tips about dating and our culture and what to do about it.
2: Cool. It's time to say goodbye. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Susan Edelman, Doctor Susan Edelman, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of the Self Improvement Show.
1: you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.